Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we are going to read chapters 26 to 27 and in the previous episode we read chapters 24 to 25. Now in the previous episode we started we switched from Reyna's perspective to Jason's perspective and the gang had ended up encountering a monster named Kimopalia. But that's not all. Near the end of the chapter, we also encountered a very familiar monster that we have seen before. Polyboats. So now we are going to read chapters 26 to 27 to see how exactly they're going to deal with not just one, but two monsters. So, on with the show. Chapter 27, Jason. Jason hated basilisks. Basilisks. The little scum suckers love to burrow under the temples in New Rome. Back when Jason was a centurion, his cohort always got the unpopular chore of clearing out their nests. The basilisks didn't look like much, just an arm-length serpent with yellow eyes and a white frilled collar. But it moved fast and could kill anything it touched. Jason had never faced more than two at a time. Now a dozen were swimming around the giant's legs. The only good thing? Underwater. Basilisks wouldn't be able to breathe fire, but that didn't make them any less deadly. Two of the serpents shot toward Percy. He sliced them in half. The other ten swirled around him just out of blade's reach. They writhed back and forth in a hypnotic pattern, looking for an opening. One bite, one touch was all it would take. Hey! Jason yelled. How about some love over here? The snakes ignored him. So did the giant, who stood back and watched with a smug smile, apparently happy for its pets to do the killing. Kimapalia! Jason tried his best to pronounce her name right. You have to stop this. She regarded her him with her glowing white eyes. Why would I do that? The Earth Mother has promised me unrestricted power. Could you make me a better offer? A better offer. He sensed the possibility of an opening room to negotiate, but what did he have that a storm goddess would want? The basilisk closed in on Percy. He blasted them away with currents of water, but they just kept circling. Hey! Basilisks! Jason yelled. Still, no reaction. He could charge in and help, but even together he and Percy couldn't possibly fight off ten basks at once. He needed a better solution. He glanced up. A thunderstorm raged above, but they were hundreds of feet down. He couldn't possibly summon lightning at the bottom of the sea, could he? Even if he could, water conducted electricity a little too well. He might fry Percy. But he couldn't think of a better option. He thrust up his sword. Immediately, the blade glowed red-hot. A diffused cloud of yellow light billowed through the depths, like someone had poured liquid neon into the water. The light hit Jason's sword and sprayed outward in ten separate tendrils, zapping the basilisks. Their eyes went dark. Their frills disintegrated. All ten serpents turned belly up and floated dead in the water. Next time, Jason said, Look at me when I'm talking to you. Polybuth's smile curdled. Are you so anxious to die, Roman? Percy raised his sword. He hurled himself at the giant, but Polybuth swept his hand through the water, leaving an arc of black, oily poison. Percy charged straight into it faster than Jason could yell, Dude, what are you thinking? Percy dropped Riptide. He gasped, clawing at his throat. The giant threw his weighted net and pulled Percy collapsed to the floor, hopelessly entangled as the poison thickened around him. Let him go! Jason's voice cracked with panic. The giant chuckled. Ha ha ha! Don't worry, son of Jupiter. Your friend will take a long time to die. 
After all the trouble he's caused me, I wouldn't dream of killing him quickly. Noxious clouds expanded around the giant, filling the ruins like thick cigar smoke. Jason scrambled backward, not fast enough, but this Ventus proved a useful filter. As the poison engulfed him, the miniature torpedo, tornado, spun faster, repelling the clouds. Kimopalia wrinkled her nose and waved away the darkness, but otherwise it didn't seem to affect her. Percy writhed in the net, his face turning green. Jason charged to help him, but the giant blocked him with his huge trident. Oh, I can't let you ruin my fun, Polybutch chided. The poison will kill him eventually, but first come the paralysis and hours of excruciating pain. I want him to have the full experience. He can watch as I destroy you, Jason Grace. Polybutch advanced slowly, giving Jason plenty of time to contemplate the three-story tall tower of armor and muscle bearing down on him. He dodged the trident and, using his ventus to shoot forward, jabbed his sword into the giant's reptilian leg. Polyboots roared and stumbled, golden ichor pluming from the wound. Kim! Jason yelled. Is this really what you want? The storm goddess looked rather bored, idly spinning her middle metal disc. Unlimited power? Why not? But is it any fun? Jason asked. So you destroy our ship, you destroy the entire coastline of the world. Once Gaia wipes out human civilization, who's left to fear you? You'll still be unknown. Polyboats turned. You are a pest, son of Jupiter. You will be crushed. Jason tried to summon more lightning. Nothing happened. If you ever met his dad, he'd have to petition for an increased daily allowance of bolts. Jason managed to avoid the prongs of the trident, but the giant swung the other hand around and smacked him in the chest. Jason reeled back, stunned and in pain. Polyboats came in for the kill just before the trident would have perforated him. Jason's ventus acted on its own. It spiraled sideways, whisking Jason 30 feet across the courtyard. Thanks, buddy, Jason thought. I owe you some air freshener. If the ventus liked that idea, Jason couldn't tell. Actually, Jason Grace, Kim said, studying her fingernails. Now that you mention it, I do enjoy being feared by mortals. I am not feared enough. I can help with that! Jason dodged another swipe of the trident. He extended his gladius into a javelin and poked Polyboats in the eye. Ah! The giant staggered. Percy writhed in the net, but his movements were getting sluggish. Jason needed to hurry. He had to get Percy to sickbay, and if the storm kept raging above them, there wouldn't be any sickbay to get him to. He flew to Kim's side. You know gods depend on mortals. The more we honor you, the more powerful you get. I wouldn't know. I've never been honored. She ignored Polyboats, who was now stampeding around her, trying to swat Jason out of his whirlwind. Jason did his best to keep the goddess between them. I can change that, he promised. I will personally arrange a shrine for you on Temple Hill in New Rome. Your first ever Roman shrine. I'll raise one at Camp Half-Blood too, right on the shore of Long Island Sound. Imagine being honored. And feared. And feared by both Greeks and Romans. You'll be famous! Stop talking! Polyboat swung his trident like a baseball bat. Jason ducked. Kim did not. The giant slammed her into the ribcage so hard that strands of her jellyfish hair came loose and drifted through the poisoned water. Polyboat's eyes widened. Oh, I'm sorry, Kimopalia. You shouldn't have been in the way. Uh, in the way? The goddess straightened. I am in the way? You heard him, Jason said. 
You're nothing but a tool for the giants. They'll cast you aside as soon as they're done through destroying the mortals. Then no demigods, no shrines, no fear, no respect. LIES! Polybots tried to stab him, but Jason hid behind the goddess's dress. Kimopolia, when Gaia rules, you will rage and storm without restraint. Will there be mortals to terrorize? Kim asked. Well, no. Ships to destroy? Demigods to cower in awe? Um, help me, Jason urged. Together, a goddess and a demigod can kill a giant. No! Polywood suddenly looked very nervous. No, that's a terrible idea. Gaia will be most displeased. If Gaia awakes, Jason said, the mighty Kimopolia can make us help sure that never happens. Then all the demigods will honor you big time. Will they cower? Kim asked. Tons of cowering. Plus your name in the summer program, a custom designed banner, a cabin at Camp Hapla, two shrines. I'll even throw in a Kimopolia action figure. No! Polyboats wailed. Not merchant merchandising rights! Kimopolia turned on the giant. I'm afraid that deal beats what Gaia has offered. Unacceptable! The giant bellowed. You cannot trust this vile Roman. If I don't honor the bargain, Jason said, Kim can always kill me. With Gaia, she has no guarantee at all. That, Kim said, is difficult to argue with. As Pollywood struggled to answer, Jason charged forward and stabbed his javelin in the giant's gut. Kim lifted her bronze disc from its pedestal. Say goodbye, Pollyboats. She spun the disc at the giant's neck. Turned out, the rim was sharp. Pollyboats found it difficult to say goodbye, since he no longer had a head. And that's the end of chapter 27. Wow, what a very fascinating chapter. Also, I apologize. I know at the beginning of this episode, I said 26 to 27. I meant 27 to 28. But nonetheless, a very fascinating chapter indeed. I think that we often see this common theme of when dem- when the demigods are faced with a challenge that logically their strength cannot beat. They always are able to use that clever, intelligent aspect about them and use it to their benefit. We've seen this multiple times with multiple demigods, and it's honestly very, very admirable to see. Um, As we can see with Jason and how he was able to provoke Kim, Kimopolia, into thinking that whatever deal that she was in with Gaia suddenly sounds worse than the deal that Jason just offered her. Now, if Jason is going to live up to that deal, we have no idea. Hopefully, he does. Just so that he doesn't get hunted by Kimopolia. But, yeah, I think that this is genuinely another one of those moments where we can say hats off to the demigods for being able to pull off such a clever move. And I think along with that cleverness comes a level of bravery. Um, I think that even with enough monsters that they fought in the past, it's still, for me, it feels like that ongoing fear of just having to deal with the new monster again and again and not knowing when you're going to be stabbed or clawed to death by a monster and yet these demigods are still willing to do that every single time so i think that's another thing that's just another thing about demigods that just makes them so i think just great in general they're really they're really just just as important as compared to the heroes that we've seen in those Greek and Roman mythologies and stories um, that we've that we've read or heard about. 
So, yeah, um, as you can tell, uh, I was struggling a bit on the word basilisk, still am. Um, I, don't worry, I will continue to work on my pronunciation for that. But, yeah, after the break, we will continue reading chapter 28, Jason, and see how the rest of this fight, or not exactly fight, but discussion with Kimapalia is going to go, as Polyboats was just defeated. So after the break, we will read chapter 28, Jason. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from the break. And now we're going to read chapter 28, Jason. Poison is a nasty habit. Kimapalia waved her hand and the murky clouds dissipated. Secondhand poison can kill a person, you know. Jason wasn't too fond of firsthand poison either, but he decided not to mention that. He cut Percy out of the net and propped him against the temple wall, enveloping him in the airy shell of the Ventus. The oxygen was getting thin, but Jason hoped it might help expel the poison from his friend's lungs. It seemed to work. Percy doubled over and began to retch. Oh, thanks. Jason exha- exhaled with relief. You had me worried there, bro. Percy blinked, cross-eyed. Uh, I'm still a little fuzzy, but did you promise Kim an action figure? The goddess loomed over them. Indeed he did, and I expect him to deliver. I will, Jason said. When we win this war, I'm going to make sure all the gods get recognized. He put a hand on Percy's shoulder. My friend here started that process last summer. He made the Olympians promise to pay you guys more attention. Kim sniffed. We know what an Olympian promise is worth. Which is why I'm going to finish the job. Jason didn't know what these words were coming from, but the idea felt absolutely right. I'll make sure none of the gods are forgotten at either camp. Maybe they'll get temples or cabins or at least shrines. Or collectible trading cards, Kim suggested. Sure, Jason smiled. I'll go back and forth between the camps until the job is done. Percy whistled. You're talking about dozens of gods. Hundreds, Kim corrected. Well then, Jason said. Might take a while, but you'll be first on the list, Kimopolia. The storm goddess who beheaded a giant and saved our quest. Kim stroked her jellyfish hair. Hmm, that will do nicely. She regarded Percy. Though I am still sorry I won't see you die. I get that comment a lot, Percy said. Now about our ship? Still in one piece, said the goddess. Not in very good shape, but you still be you should be able to get to make it to Delos. Thank you, Percy Jason said. Yeah, Percy said. And really, your husband Briars is a good dude. You should give him a chance. 
The goddess picked up her bronze disc. Don't push your luck, brother. Briars has 50 faces. All of them are ugly. He's got 100 hands, and he's still all thumbs around the house. Okay, Percy relented, not pushing my luck. Kim turned over the disc, revealing straps on the bottom side like a shield. She slipped it over her shoulders, Captain America style. I will be watching your progress. Polyboats was not boasting when he warned you that your blood would awaken the Earth Mother. The giants are very confident of this. My blood? Personally? Percy asked. Kim's smile was even creepier than usual. I am not an oracle, but I heard what the seer Phineas told you in the city of Portland. You will face a sacrifice that you may not be able to make, and it will cost you the world. You have yet to face your fatal flaw, my brother. Look around. All works of gods and men eventually turn to ruins. Would it not be easier to flee into the depths with that girlfriend of yours? Percy put his hand on Jason's shoulder and struggled to his feet. Juno, offer me a choice like that. Back when I found Camp Jupiter, I'll give you the same answer. I don't run when my friends need me. Kim turned up her pumps. And there is your flaw, being unable to step away. I will retreat to the depths and watch this battle unfold. You should know that the forces of the ocean are also at war. Your friend Hazel Levesque made quite an impression on the mare people and on their mentors, Aphros and Bythos. The fish pony dudes, Percy muttered. They didn't want to meet me. Even now they're waging war for your sake, Kim said. Trying to keep Gaia's alleys away from Long Island, whether or not they will survive, that remains to be seen. As for you, Jason Grace, your path will be no easier than your friends. You will be tricked. You will face unbearable sorrow. Jason tried hard to keep from sparking. He wasn't sure Percy's heart could take the shock. Kim, you said you're not an oracle. They should give you the job. You're definitely depressing enough. The goddess let loose her dolphin laugh. <laughs> you amuse me, son of Jupiter. I hope you live to defeat Gaia. Thanks, he said. Any pointers on defeating a goddess who can't be defeated? Kimapalia tilted her head. Oh, but you know the answer. You are a child of the sky with storms in your blood. A primordial god has been defeated once before. You know of whom I speak. Jason's insides started swirling faster than the Ventus. Uranus, the first god of the sky, but that means... Yes. Kim's alien features took on an expression that almost resembled... Sympathy. Let us hope it does not come to that. If Gaia does wake, well, your task will not be easy. But if you win, remember your promise, Pontifex. Jason took a moment to process her words. I'm not a priest. No? Kim's, eye, Kim's wide eyes gleamed. By the way, your Ventus servant says he wishes to be freed. Since he has helped you, he hopes you will let him go when you reach the surface. He promises he will not bother you a third time. A third time? Kim paused as of listening. He says you joined the storm above to take revenge on you, but had he known how strong you'd become since the Grand Canyon, he never would have approached your ship. The Grand Canyon. Jason recalled that day on the Skywalk when one of his jerk classmates turned out to be a wind spirit. Dylan? Are you kidding me? I'm breathing Dylan? Yes, Kim said. That seems to be his name. J Jason shuddered. Ugh. I'll let him go as soon as I reach the surface. No worries. Farewell, then, said the goddess. And may the fates smile upon you, assuming the fates survive. They needed to leave. Jason was running out of air. Dylan air. Gross. 
and everyone on the Argo II would be worried about them. But Percy was still woozy from the poison, so they sat on the edge of the ruined Golden Dome for a few minutes to let Percy catch his breath. Or catch his water, or whatever a son of Poseidon catches when he's at the bottom of the ocean. Thanks, man, Percy said. You saved my life. Hey, that's what we do for our friends. But, uh, the Jupiter guy saving the Poseidon guy at the bottom of the ocean? Maybe we can keep the details to ourselves. Otherwise, I'll never hear the end of it. Jason grinned. <laughs> you got it. How you feeling? Better. Uh, I have to admit, when I was choking on that poison, I kept thinking about Aklis, Misery goddess and Tartarus. I almost destroyed her with poison. He shivered. It felt good, but in a bad way if Annabeth hadn't stopped me. But she did, Jason said. That's another thing friends have to do for each other. Yeah. Thing is, as I was choking just now, I just kept thinking, this is payback for Aklis. The fates are letting me die the same way I try to kill that goddess, and honestly, a part of me felt like I deserved it. That's why I didn't try to control the giant's poison and move it away from me. That probably sounds crazy. Jason thought back to Ithaca when he was despairing over the visit from his mom's spirit. No, I think I get it. Percy studied his, his face. When Jason didn't say anymore, Percy changed the subject. What did Kim mean about defeating Gaia? You mentioned Uranos. Jason sat, stared at the silt swirling between the columns of the old palace. The sky god, the titans, defeated him by calling him down to the earth. They caught him away from his home territory, ambushed him, held him down, and cut him up. Percy looked like his nausea was coming back. How would we do that with Gaia? Jason recalled a line from the Pofsi. To storm or fire, the world must fall. He had an idea what that meant now. But if he, if he was right, Percy wouldn't be able to help. In fact, he might unintentionally make things harder. I don't run when my friends need me, Percy had said. And there is your flaw, Kim had warned, being unable to step away. Today was July 27th. In five days, Jason would know if he was right. Let's go. Let's get to De Delos first, he said. Apollo and Artemis might have some advice. Percy nodded, though he didn't seem satisfied with that answer. Why did Kimalopia call you a Pontiac? Jason's laugh literally cleared the air. Pontifex. It means priest. Oh, Percy frowned. Still sounds like a kind of car. The new Pontifex XLS? Will you have to wear a collar and bless people? Nah, Romans used to have a Pontifex Maximus who oversaw all the proper sacrifices and whatnot to make sure none of the gods got mad, which I offered to do. I guess it does sound like a Pontifex's job. So you meant it, Percy asked. You're really going to try building shrines for all the minor gods? Yeah, I never really thought about it before, but I like the idea of going back and forth between the two camps. Assuming, you know, we make it through next week and the two camps still exist. What you did last year on Olympus, turning down immortality and asking the gods to play nice instead, that was noble, man. Percy grunted. Ugh. Believe me, some days I regret the choice. Oh, you want to turn down our offer? Okay, fine. Zap. Lose your memory. Go to Tartarus. You did what a hero should do. I admire you for that. The least I can do if we survive is continue that work. Make sure all the gods get some recognition. Who knows? If the gods get along better, maybe we can stop more of these wars from breaking out. That would most definitely be good, Percy agreed. You know, you look different. Better different. Does your wound still hurt? My wound? 
Jason had been so busy with the giant and the goddess, he'd forgotten about the sword wound in his gut. Even though he'd been dying from it in sickbay only an hour ago. He lifted his shirt and pulled away the bandages. No smoke, no bleeding, no scar, no pain. It's gone, he said stunned. I feel completely normal. What the heck? <laughs> you beat it, man, Percy laughed. You found your own cure. Jason considered that. He guessed it must be true. Maybe putting aside his pain to help his friends had done the trick. Or maybe his decision to honor the gods of both camps had healed him, giving him a clear path to the future. Roman agreed. The difference didn't matter. Like he told a ghost to Ithaca, his family had just gotten bigger. Now he saw his place in it. He would keep his promise to the storm goddess, and because of that, Michael Verus's sword meant nothing. Die a Roman. No. If he had to die, he would die a son of Jupiter, a child of the gods. The blood of Olympus. But he wasn't about to let himself get sacrificed. At least not without a fight. Come on! Jason clapped his front on the back. Let's go check on our ship. And that's the end of chapter 28. Wow. What a fascinating chapter. I think that the initiative that Jason took to further that thing that Percy started, I think that that's that's truly another thing that's admirable with demigods. And I think that I don't want to be pessimistic here, but at the end of that chapter, they mentioned the title of the book and that doesn't sound really good to my ears. Maybe it's a potential foreshadowing. I hope it's not a potential foreshadowing, but maybe it's a potential foreshadowing of what exactly is going to happen. I mean, if we follow that prophecy to storm or fire, one shall perish. I think I recited that correctly, but if we follow that prophecy, it's either going to be Jason or Leo. Because Jason's the one with the ability of storm. And Leo's the one with the ability of fire. And we haven't seen any of these prophecies pertain to monsters before. It always pertains to the group of demigods that are doing the quest. So this is going to be... I'm positive this is going to be extremely sad and disheartening when we reach that moment. There's always that hope that maybe one of them both... Maybe they'll be able to get past the prophecy at every single moment, but we're unfortunately proven wrong every time. So the best we can do is really brace for that moment when we approach that chapter of when it comes of the day that we find out whether it is really storm or fire that perishes in the end. So that concludes our our two chapters for this episode. We will now move on to the shout-out and Q&A session. Uh, once again, a couple of disclaimers. If I skip your name or skip your question uh, in this episode, do f- please feel free to let me know in the next episode. Um, but I would also like to give a disclaimer for that, that if you, if I do feel a little bit uncomfortable answering that question, I may skip it. That doesn't mean I, that there's n- there's nothing wrong with any of you guys asking that question just i i don't feel comfortable answering it at the moment maybe hopefully in the future i'll be able to answer it but right now i'm unable unable to thank you guys so now let's move on to the shout outs we have zuza and shadow thank you guys now moving on to the questions number one how long do you practice violin every day and do you know about two set violin Um, I am not going to lie, I do not practice violin a lot. Um, 
I do definitely need to get back on that. But yeah, uh, ideally, I would hope to practice one to two hours um, whenever I can, just to be able to continue that interest that I've had since I was very young, and just to keep going forward with that. Um, do you know about two set of violin? I have heard of them, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, next question is thoughts about the show that has come out. So here's uh, my little spiff about what happened about the show. I only got one episode. I did not get the second episode. So right now, my knowledge is only limited to the first episode. But that does not mean that the show, the that that episode was not bad, was not good. Um, I really liked it. I think that especially the Minotaur scene. Oh, I I could really feel my heart rate really pulsating throughout that entire thing. I mean, the rea- the the CGI and the graphics that they put into that show is just in it's amazing. I mean, I could definitely see that haunting me in my nightmares every single day. So, yeah, they really did a good job with that first one. Really invoked a lot of emotion with that. And I think that the story so far, it's got a lot of hope. I think that it's definitely I know there were a lot of there was a lot of disapproval when the movies had come out. I did not watch the movies. Um, but I think that this show really takes all of the positives from that show and also the negatives from that move those movies and just fixes it up so that it becomes this really really high potential show. And I think that this might be one of the best shows to end off the year with. So yeah, uh next question is favorite animal. Uh I'd probably say the owl. Next question is favorite chapter of the book so far would probably be when Talia comes back. We have not seen Talia for a while, and I think that it was really nice to see her back. Although it wasn't in the best situation to see her back, but it was nice to see her again. Uh, next question is, do you like art, and if so, what kind? Um, I do enjoy uh, art, and just making art in general. Um, I'd probably say, I don't really think I have a certain style that I'm really pulled towards. I think I just admire art the way it is in whatever form it is because everyone's interpretation of art is all different and it's it's very interesting seeing everyone's individual perspective and how they place that on art so yeah that's that's my those are my thoughts on art uh next question is which of the giants would you most want to be domison easily next question is will you ever have a social media account don't know to be determined next question is are you going to be doing other mythology stuff no clue we'll have to see Next question is, do you do all the voices? I do, in fact. Uh, Next question is, thoughts on all the major demigods except Percy having contact with their parents? See, now this is a very interesting thing to have pointed out because I think that this actually, this is real foreshadowing that I think that I'm hopeful will happen. And I think what will essentially happen is that the reason why we haven't seen Percy contact his father yet is because his father is going to end up making a surprise visit during the war. Now, what do I mean by that? When we look at the past, the the last war with Kronos, it was Hades that ended up being one of the big gods of making that big appearance. Everyone was shocked. We were all, everyone was like, what? Hades is here. That's, that's crazy. And yeah, he really decimated the army the Kronos' army. So I think if we follow that big three 
that just big three pattern, Poseidon would be kind of in that um, as we ascend from the bottom to the top because Hades is the underworld, Poseidon is the sea, and Zeus is the sky. If we're going bottom up, then that means Poseidon might be the one to be making a surprise visit. Now, last time we saw Nico make a request to his father, and that's how he came. Now we'll have to see whether Percy's just going to have to pray and just hope Poseidon shows up, or if we actually will get some contact later on in the book, because this is the final book of the entire series, so the war will happen within this this book. So, with that being said, maybe it's potentially not even an interaction between Percy and his father, but just Percy praying that Poseidon comes and helps. And I do know that there was a bit of a struggle that Poseidon was facing with some monsters that were attacking his kingdom. So we'll have to see whether... But I do know that was a while back. Not sure if it's so persistent now, but we'll have to see what will happen with that. But yeah, that was the end of the questions. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Next uh, next, uh, next week, we will continue reading with chapter 29 to 30. And we will see, we will now read from Nico's perspective, actually. I do not think we've had a Nico's perspective, unless we've had, and my mind is playing tricks on me. But, um, yeah, this will be very interesting to see, and I think it's a very much needed perspective, um, after a while. But yeah, after, after a week, we, we will, we shall meet again. So, until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.